Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, tonight we talk about salt. And we see, we, we saw in our, uh, just in our three readings tonight, that salt is often uh, used throughout the Bible. And it's often referred to in the Bible as both a sweetening and preserving agent. The Old Testament sacrifices were often salted before being offered. And the prophet Elisha, as we heard in our Old Testament text, used salt to sweeten bad, undrinkable water for the people of Israel. Later in the Bible, Jesus calls you, each and every one of you, the salt of the earth. And what he means by that is that your life tastes like a different drink of water than others. There's something unique. There's something joyful. There's something wholesome in the way you speak, live, and act. As Paul said in our epistle text, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now, I know we had um, the Sermon on the Mount in our Sunday lectionary not that long ago, and we're talking about it again, but each time you look at Scripture, you focus on something different. And actually, this week, from our uh, material, I learned something new, and that's where the um, packet of salt that's stapled into your bulletin comes in. I learned this week that many of the baptismal rites in the early church included tasting a tiny bit of salt. Adults who were baptized as converts after they had renounced the devil and his works and his ways and confessed the Apostles' Creed were given salt before being baptized. That's one of the reasons why Luther included the use of salt in his earliest writings on baptismal rites. And so I included that little packet of salt there in case you wanted to try that uh, tonight or take it home with you and do that. It doesn't matter. Um, I had my children do that before the service, and they thought it was gross. So, uh, But kind of cool to have that tangible reminder that, that we are baptized children of God, that we are seasoned and salted to be the salt of the earth. And so I, I like how the early church had that uh, in the baptismal rites as a visible and sensible way of reminding the baptized that their lives are different. They're different now. They're distinct from the world in which we live. And so salt, again, according to Scripture, seasons and sweetens, yet it also preserves and keeps. Salt was such a precious commodity in the lives of ancient people that they kept it everywhere in their homes. In fact, the root of the word salary comes from the Latin word salarium. And soldiers may have been even paid with salt to preserve meat and food to help their families before modern refrigeration was invented. And again, we heard in our Old Testament text, the prophet Elisha, uh, who succeeded Elijah, was told that the water in Jericho was so bad and so undrinkable, something had to be done. It may have tasted something like well water, which can contain a lot of iron and minerals. So Elijah asked for some water in a bowl and placed salt in it. 
He threw the salt into the spring, sweetening and refreshing all the water for the people to be able to use and drink. God healed that dreadful water with salt. And perhaps all of that helps to enhance for us what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? What kind of pain are you enduring? Or what kind of suffering are you going through right now? Is there anything sour, troubling, or unfruitful in your life? Is your personal health compromised? Are there bitter uh, or strained relationships with others? There's a number of other questions that could be asked as well. But the point is, amid life's sour and bitter experiences, Jesus Christ himself comes to sweeten, enliven, and refresh you through his healing word. You are God's own dear child, baptized, washed, salted in Christ. And this Lenten walk reminds us that Jesus died on Calvary's cross to protect us completely from sin and eternal death. Remember, God is not distant from us. Far from it. He is with us, and he promises to deliver you from all of your troubles, to heal those most broken things in life. We have this wonderful promise from Psalm 34, verse 18, where it says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. What a great promise. What a great certainty to keep in mind when we go through those bitter times of life. Jesus comes to preserve you and to keep you. The ancient people of God used salt to preserve meat and other foods so that it would last longer. And even when the priests offered grain offerings and burnt offerings, they salted those as well. And this preservation and keeping also took place when God saved you. Yes, Jesus died as the sacrifice on the cross to save you from your diseased life. And as your great high priest, he was salted and offered up for you. And now, baptized into him, death no longer has any power over you. Your life is preserved under the shelter of his wings. Now, even though we know that this temporal life will end because we get sick and die, your hope is not in this life. Since Jesus rose from the dead on Easter, your weak mortal body is promised to be raised as a pure, eternal body. And that means that you are really living a life that is truly preserved forever. Yes, our lives are eternal. This present or temporal death is not eternal death. And that good news sweetens life now with renewed joy and renewed purpose. Because sadly, we know the truth that there are many people in this world who live hopelessly with zero comfort when someone dies. But we're different. 
We have the hope that's found in Christ and Christ alone. And that's also why Jesus warns us about losing saltiness. Salt is not within us, but God gives us salt, just as Elisha placed salt into the water to sweeten the spring for drinking. You see, when a Christian dies, he or she is promised to be with the Lord forever. Because of that, we read words of comfort. We dwell on God's promise of life in Christ, and we sing hymns with joy, even in the face of death. That's why St. Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Your saltiness literally makes you hopeful, joyful, and appealing to anyone who sees or knows you. And Christ and his word are the source of sweetening and seasoning in life. So dear brothers and sisters in Christ, know with all certainty that Jesus Christ is with you now. Sweetening and preserving all your life and and all those around you. He promises you victory over death. And he preserves you now and for all of eternity. And the only way salt is depleted or lost is when we fail to hear God's word or receive his sacraments. And that's why it's so vital for us to be in God's house. That's why it's so vital for us to be in God's word, not only on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week. To be in prayer, to be connected to Christ, to be connected to the vine. It's also vital for us because we know that throughout the week we fail to live as the salt of the earth. Our conversations are not always seasoned with salt the way they should be. And so we need to be in God's house to confess our sins together and more importantly, receive God's gift of full and free forgiveness. Even though daily life is torn by sin and broken relationships and faltering health, Jesus promises to preserve and to keep us and to work all things for our good. He will sweeten all things with renewed hope and renewed purpose. By his resurrection from the dead, you are now sweetening salt, wholesome salt, and preserving salt to the world. Amen.